0: Okay, so the Westport Library and the Quick Center for the Arts presents an official Apple podcast, Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast, with me, Migs Burroughs.
1: And I'm Trace Burroughs, and today uh, we're very excited to have on our show Jim McCarty. He's the founding member of the Yardbirds, you know, one of the great, great bands of all time from from England. So, yeah, like Migs was saying, we have personal connections. I don't know if you want to.
0: Yeah, yeah. can I get go this ahead. out of the way? Because I have to test yeah. my memory and your memory. Yeah. You know, people must come up to you all the time and go, oh, do you remember me? I was sitting in the third bleachers in Madison <laughs> Square Garden. No, it's not like this. I, I, was in, I was in London in 1965, okay? And I was doing all the clubs, the marquee and all the ones. And I was in a club. I seem to remember it was called the Ram Jam Club. I'm not sure if there was a club by that name or the Kilt or, anyway, but the Yardbirds were playing in this little club. It was, To this day, it's the greatest live performance I ever experienced, and I've been to a lot of rock shows. Anyway, my memory is, well, part of it is very specific, that Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton were on stage and it was announced, I guess Keith maybe announced that this was Eric Clapton's last gig with the Yardbirds. And you were introducing the new guitar player and this string bean of a little kid with long stringy hair came on stage. It was Jimmy Page. Do you remember, possibly remember playing when Jimmy Page was introduced for the first time? Jimmy,
2: well, Jimmy Page was introduced as, the, as a player in playing, was he?
0: In this when I saw this performance of the Yardbirds in this cellar club somewhere in Soho, I don't remember the name, I don't think it was the marquee, but it was one of the clubs. And that's it was announced that it was Eric Clapton's last day with the Yardbirds. So I think I witnessed history. I keep telling this story for 50 years. Maybe it's maybe it's a bad memory. But wasn't there was a gig when you introduced Jimmy Page, right? Or not you personally, but the Jimmy Page was introduced to the group
2: oh well, I don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> i do, i do, i I can imagine it was correct Eric Clapton and then introducing Jeff Beck as the new boy
0: but didn't Jimmy Page play with the Yardbirds for a while
2: yeah, but later after je after Jeff had joined
0: oh okay, after Jeff had joined right
2: yes yeah, he suggested
0: uh he suggested
2: Jeff. Because he did he didn't want to join us when we asked him. Oh really? Because he was doing a lot of sessions and on playing on people's records. And he suggested Jeff Jeff was uh, his understudy.
0: Oh. oh. Well, I definitely <laughs> I definitely saw Jimmy Page, but nobody knew who Jimmy Page was then. I mean, 1965. It yeah. wasn't like, oh Jimmy Page, it was just some kid. They said, here's our replace, <laughs> here's the new guy, and here's the new guy in the band. And he walked on stage, and then, as I remember, all three of them played, but whatever.
1: So let me ask you, Do you, I know you've played thousands of gigs, so I'm doing what makes you suggested, like, remember <laughs> me? when I. But, like, <laughs> do you remember playing uh, Staples High School in Westport? Uh, that's where
2: well, I got I've got, I have a vague memory of it, but I but I know the I know the gig because it's talked about a lot. Yeah, and I think I, th- I think the the thing about that show is that uh, the uh, what's his name, the singer from Aerosmith, was was
0: humping
2: humping out. Steve Tyler was humping our gear.
1: <laughs> right, yes, yeah, right. Yes. 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 The Dick's, Dick Dick Sandhouse, who was just a kid at that time in high school, I forget it. We had him on, and um, sixteen years old. And he, you know, he goes to Frank Barcelona, was a huge, you know, uh, rock and roll promoter, the Who and Yardbirds and a lot of other bands, and he went in there and um, said, you know, I'm putting on a concert in Staples High School, and they kind of thought it was a joke, sending this little kid in. Uh, to, to do this but once he got a few bands under his belt they just kept on sending like you know we had the yard birds the animals the cream the doors the rascals uh, it goes on and on there's about 15 20 bands and um, the story that dick was telling us was that how Jimmy Page begged him, he was in the hall of Staples High School, like I'm in some class somewhere, I don't know. I, I didn't know Dick that well back then, but, um, and said, hey, oh, uh, you know, I know you're gonna have the Yardbirds on, can I just like go backstage and carry you like, you know, the guitarist, like, <laughs> you know, like you just wanted to be there, you know? Yeah, were you, were you actually at that school? Yes, I was there. I saw all the shows except, unfortunately, the Yardbird show. And and I really wanted to see it because I had a band and like, th- you know, tens of thousands of other bands that age, we did a bunch of Yardbird songs. We were in luck. Lo- that was one of our favorite bands.
0: Well, I'm curious, what was your first, Jim, you, you toured, that was your first tour of the U.S.? Um... What was your impression of it? Were you intimidated by being in America, or was it just fun, or was it? Did you care? Were you really hoping that you would become a hit?
2: And now hold on one second? There's someone at the door. Wait
1: a minute. Maybe it's Dick. It's Jimmy Page. <laughs> He's pissed off. <laughs> the there was just...
2: a, It was someone next door. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Um, well, it, it was a dream for us to come to America um it it was the english kid's dream um uh it was such such a sort of romantic idea you know after seeing all the movies and the, the, all the um, westerns and the the gangster movies and the blues music and the rock music you know what i mean yeah uh, it was it was huge i mean america was huge compared to england So our idea of going a long way was maybe going to Liverpool, you know, which was two (laughs) hundred, which is nothing, is it, in American terms?
0: Right. You were born in Liverpool, right? And then, but you weren't there during the. You you left at an early age, so you weren't there during the Beatles. uh...
2: No, no, no. I was no. I did. I didn't. I wasn't brought up in Liverpool. I was brought up in. Place called Teddington, which is in southwest southwest London.
0: Yeah, and and who did you first meet up with? You were closest to Keith, Ralph, right? Was that your like a childhood? Was he?
2: Uh, Well, no, actually, uh, (laughs) I be I did become close to Keith, but uh, first of all, it was Paul Samuel Smith, the bass player, and we were at the same school. And we went to a, a, like a grammar school, uh, which is probably equivalent to your high school. Uh, and Paul and I knew, we we knew each other since we were about 14 or something. <laughs> and and we we actually played in the school band because Paul used to play lead guitar at one point before he play, went on oh. to bass. And we played in a school group and we, we played at all the school dances. Uh, where they had a, 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 a dance band and we played in the interval and everyone went mad when we played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, you see it in the movies. <laughs> and then and then we we lost. Uh, I lost touch with Paul after I left school. We both left. We went to the same school. And uh, after we after we left school, I saw him in a couple of years uh, later. And he suggested to me, "Oh, come round to my house and listen to this this album called Jimmy Reed Live at the Carnegie Hall." Mm. And we, of course, I'd never heard anything quite like that. I, I, I mean, we used to play early, you know, uh, Buddy Holly and Everly Brothers and all that stuff, but I'd never heard anything sort of uh, bluesy. Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah with a real feeling and Jimmy Reed Reed really had a feeling about the way he sang. Um, And then we went from there and, uh, you know, got into Bo Diddley Records and uh, Chuck Perry and Muddy Waters and all all the blues stuff. And then we would see the Stones because we we were in the same area that they used to play in. They used to play in a place called Richmond. Which was just a few miles away from us. was the
0: Crawdaddy, uh, right? Was it the Crawdaddy?
2: Yeah, yeah. We, we hang out in Richmond quite a lot, so we went to see them, and then we formed the band. You know, um, just mates really in the same in the same area. But uh, Paul met Keith, and they had another little band. I think it was called the Metropolis Blues Quartet or something like that. <laughs> They played uh, folky blues, uh, and uh, one time well, I, I was in another band with Top Topham and Chris Dreyer, um, and, and they were in the, the original Yardbirds. <clears throat> and um, Keith and Paul turned up at one of our shows, and he said, oh, we, we want to play more rock stuff now, and we want you to play drums, Jim, you know, because you're a sort of rock drummer. <laughs> so... So we all amalgamated, and that, that's how we became the Yardbirds.
1: How'd you come up with that name?
2: Oh, so Keith came up with it, and uh, he, I think he read it. He read it in a Kerouac book. Um, oh. And they were the Yardbirds were people that bummed lifts on on steam trains and lived in the rail yards. And they were they were like tramps, oh. um, you know, hobos. Yeah,
0: hobos, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: They traveled across the states in in the uh, on the steam trains in the, in the you know the goods wagon.
0: Yeah. So why it's probably been discussed in your book and everything, but why did it, the, the quote? You know, Eric Clapton left the Yardbirds, and he claims because you were getting too commercial. There's nobody more commercial than Eric Clapton. I mean, nobody got more commercial than Eric Clapton. So what was his what was his problem with, with the Yardbirds? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, he's
2: great. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I. I guess he went through that. Uh, went through that one. You know, the blues purist or whatever. <laughs> he, he, oh,
0: yeah.
2: Well, there were very. There were various political differences between him and and other members of the band, and I, I think he didn't like the way it was run or organised. You know, he, he wasn't the band guy really. He was a difficult guy to be in, with a yeah. group of people you know, we have to toe the line or, or you know tell them what to do as to be told what to
1: do <laughs> <laughs> usually the drummers get that told what to do
2: you know. well, some guitarists like Keith Richard he's more of a, a band guy you know yeah. but yeah, Clapton and Beck they're, they're really individual guitar players they have to run the show uh to be happy really <laughs> and that's what we've found out in the end
0: and i see a neck of a guitar peeking behind your shoulder occasionally do you play guitar also
2: yes yes i, I like yeah i've got, yeah, i've got a couple of guitars there um yeah i like i like to play guitar i i've got a um uh, i like the singer songwriter thing you know the uh Acoustic guitar and singing songs. Uh, I I do that a bit as well. So I've, I've recorded albums, mm-hmm. solo albums. Um, it, some some people some people like them.
1: <laughs> so when you do the acoustic, uh, do you do some Yardbird songs, even though they're electric? You know, a lot of things you can.
2: Yes. Uh. Yeah. If I yeah if I do a show, I don't do many shows on my own. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, if I do a show, I might do Heartful of Soul. Uh, yeah, nice yeah. on acoustic guitar.
0: I have to ask because people will complain if I don't. But would you play? Would you? Are you? Or I don't. If you don't, that's fine. But would you want to play a little, something on the guitar or a few measures of something? So can hear what, you play?
2: right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's quite in tune. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. I think I. I think I'll uh, pass okay. on that one.
0: All right. All right. right. That's
2: fine. Might sound. Just... On the on this
0: Zoom, uh, yeah, that's all right. We had to ask. Um...
1: <laughs> so, so when they had, you know, back in the states, back in the '67, there was the Monterey Pop Festival and then Woodstock. Would, you didn't play in either. The, were you ever approached to play in, in those
2: No, I think we. I think they were later. I think Woodstock. would split up. Yeah, we might we might have made Woodstock and we'd have kept together, maybe, <laughs> but mm. never did. Yeah. And I think Jeff Beck, the Jeff Beck group, were gonna play Woodstock and they never did, I think. Oh, I didn't know he even had a group back that far back. Yeah I, st- yeah, I heard a story about he was meant to play Woodstock and he didn't oh.
1: he seems to me like I'm really steep I'm a musician and I've steeped in a lot of stuff since I was like 13. And I always thought that um you know, if you ask regular people, who aren't musicians or whatever? You know, names that come: Jimmy Page, and then there's Eric Clapton. Of course, Jeff Beck is getting—he seems like he doesn't get enough recognition for his because he's really masterful on the guitar, and, yes. and and musicians know that how great he is. But the yes. regular people say, "Yeah, I might have heard Jeff Beck." Uh, you know, the only Beck they know is the other new Beck, you know, from the United States who got yes. big, I guess, thirty years ago. Yes. You know.
2: Well, sort I of resented Jeff, that when that happens. <laughs> I think with Jeff, he, he doesn't sell out. You know, the music mm. is the most important, and he doesn't care what he wears. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen him jamming with with uh, with the, one night. I was in a place where Clapton and Jeff got up and they jammed together, and Eric was all smart. You know, had all the latest suit on or whatever. <laughs> Jeff just had his jeans and an old pair of boots on. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and didn't care. I mean, but played played the arse on the guitar.
1: <laughs> so, so did all those three guitars get along. I mean, I mean, I, I guess I, now I learned that Clapton's a little not such a team player as <laughs> temper, temperamental people might think, but. Uh, We've had his daughter on the show. Actually, she's sang a song, Ruth Clapton. Um, and so, the uh, so sort of, you know, was, was there any infighting? I know uh, between all those three guitars? A lot of
0: egos, a lot of egos. Yeah, a lot,
1: a lot of guitar uh, egos.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was funny actually because Jeff and Jimmy were were mates from a very early age. Oh. Um, but they they were still competitive when they played with the band. I mean, there was still there was still energy going on. There was still aggro. Mm-hmm. You could you could feel it when they were playing together, and it was very uh, hyper. You know, it was a very hyper atmosphere playing with the with the two of them.
1: Well, that created for probably some good guitar breaks, you know.
2: Well, I mean, it could be really brilliant. But the the problem was they were they were. Uh, on an unconscious level, they were competing. Yeah, and they're, they're totally different mindsets because um, Jimmy has it all worked out, and he's very he's very careful and precise uh, about what he plays. But Jeff's the opposite; he just plays completely off of his head. So, hmm. uh, uh, so Jeff can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> <Right.
0: laughs> okay so trace is a drummer he didn't mention it but but he sings now but he's he's a drummer from the age of what i don't know eight years old so i grew up i'm five years older but so i grew up in a house with all the slumping and banging and things going on and and i'm wondering how how young were you when you started drumming and do you have any i think being a drummer is the hardest thing to do when you're growing up because it's a lot of noise to to the people (laughs) around you so i
2: know Terrible, isn't it? I, I had a kit. Yes, I had a kit uh, in my house. And it was just a, a small, what they call a bungalow, which was all all on one level, you know. And uh, I just lived with my mum. My mum used to go, she used to work shifts because she was a telephonist. Um, so she'd go, she may be out from 2 till 10 or something. So I had a lot of time
0: to oh.
2: <laughs> play on my own. And our our house, our house was separate, you know, detached. Oh. But um, yeah, before that, I I I played in the boys' brigade. I played like a military drum, drumming type of thing. Oh, uh, with other a, drummers, yeah. like in a bugle band type of yeah. thing. Yeah. So uh, so that's how I got into drumming.
0: Oh, so you didn't have neighbors banging on the walls saying,
2: "Keep <laughs> it down
0: in there." Keep it
2: down. <laughs> no, no, actually. The neighbors were very uh, very hospitable about it. They, they quite liked it. <laughs> hmm. But it must be difficult. Did, did, uh, did Tracy have problems? Did you have problems, Tracy?
1: I only had problems with my. We lived in a very small middle class house and we had a playroom. And, and at that time, I was I went from my star was like in the Charlie Watts when I was like, then I switched like I wanted to be like Keith Moon, you know, and I saw so I had four sets of drums. I wanted to be more sincere, so I tied the things together with boards.
2: Yeah, I have that situation now. I have a friend that has a, a really nice soundproof studio mm. and they're all there and I go there, I go there regularly and have a good play.
0: Oh, you do? So and- correct.
2: I'm name dropping now. I, I I was playing with one of the Stranglers yesterday. Do you remember them? Yeah, they were much sort of a punk band. <laughs> they were after, after the Yardbirds, but we had we liked to jam together, play old blues songs.
0: And so are you still touring? Because I saw you in the Capitol Theater in New York and Portchester. That was about ten years ago, and and it was you. It was Save the Yardbirds. <coughs> You were the only yardbird in the group. They the only original and the and the other members of the band that were excellent, but they all seemed like they were 20 years old or something. Was that some, oh, tor- your touring yeah. band at the time?
2: But that lineup has changed now because they were all at least they were all British. Oh yeah. But the lineup has changed now. They're all American now. And uh, there's some great players. I mean, they're they're, they're much more um you know, uh, weathered, weathered sort of musicians. So they, they, they really know the Yardbirds' music uh, inside out. Uh, I played with that young band, and they were they were very good, very you know technically very good. But they they studied all the music at rock school, you know. Sure. So yeah. they, sure. they weren't really living it, living the music. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It's fun when I took like I heard the you know the the rock band and. Greta Van Fleet, you know, and they're like in their 20s touring the world, and their music heroes are the same as mine, and it's nice to, like for 20, you know, such an age difference between me and them, to hear them love the same musicians that I grew up with. So uh, it's gratifying, not, you know. I've
2: heard a lot about them lately. Are, are they a sort of a good modern band? They kind of been- stole
1: uh, Led Zeppelin, you know, use as a template, and uh, i mean they're really good players on their own excellent and they have original music the singer especially took like one segment of like a robert plant song the way robert was screeching and used that for his whole style
0: i wanted to ask you briefly because we i saw this interview you did with um uh suzanne geisman because but you know you're 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 late wife lizzie passed away like a year and a half ago i think and yeah. and, and you've yeah. you've contacted a medium right and and you've been exploring that spiritual uh the spirit i don't know what you call it, the spirit world or the spiritual connection
2: yeah 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 well, the, the the spirit realm or, or, the,
0: yeah.
2: what, or the the uh beyond the veil as they say mm-hmm. <laughs> but but it's been yes it's been a real eye-opener for me having having to face you know that sort of trauma uh, and to be able to go through it and to, to actually get the evidence because Suzanne always said oh, you need you need to have evidence um, you know physical evidence uh, like that they, they would tell you something about someone that yes. you don't or uh, they would they would tell you something that you're gonna see or actually she she told me about Charlie Watts really. It was really odd because she wasn't really into sort of rock and roll music. You know, she was much more of a uh, spiritual sort of woman and she liked like classical things. And uh, she told me about the beginning of the year, many months before he died, uh, I was I was like communicating and I had Charlie came, I had the, the name came up and I thought, Charlie Watts, what's she talking about? Wow, so she's That's really, yeah. And so she, she predicts She said she he's going to pass soon. It was good. Yeah, she was living in a. I guess she's living in a timeless place. You know, yeah. I I can't really understand it. But all I, I can get that she can be in more than one place at once, and she's in a timeless situation.
0: And what struck me also, I mean, it's just I mean, you could say there's no such thing as coincidence. But you said uh, at, there was one point you were looking out the window, and there was a lot of birds in your yard, yard birds. You know, <laughs> I, and, and you had never seen you had never seen that many butterflies and birds were collecting. Were kind of right. No, I started to notice.
2: You know, the thing is with these things. Uh, Suzanne always says, Oh, you've got to notice, uh, you've you got to be open and mm-hmm. notice these little things that go on. And I noticed that, uh, like a little bird flying into the terrace and staying overnight. And, and when Lizzie was, was, was uh, you know, at home on, uh, in a coma, she was in a coma oh. eventually, and there were, there were some birds trying to get in the window. Wow. I could, oh, it was a bit bizarre. Uh, really strange and, um, yeah, many, many, many butterflies.
0: And you found a feather in the house, right, as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, feathers and little. So, sometimes they get a piece of um, ja- jasmine. Oh. I found a piece of jasmine on the floor, <laughs> things like that. Uh, it, it's very, it's very interesting,
0: you know. Is this, uh, is this a gift that you have, do you think, or could, could it, you know, is this something anybody? Uh, do you have to really work at it, study it? You said you spent a lot of time exploring it, or do you think it's a gift, that you have a gift that most people don't have to communicate? Uh,
2: well, Suzanne says that anybody can do it. Um, some some people are born mediums, but mm. she said she's born a medium. She just studied it uh, and went for it because she was motivated. Um, but, but Lizzie and I were very close in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it probably helps. Um, I don't. I. I. I don't seem to want to communicate with anyone else. I mean, I don't want to right. talk to Charlie, for instance. You know? <laughs> what? They like
1: got chopped out. Who do you say?
0: Yeah, who you, you don't know? want to, We that, that we lost that little bit. You didn't want to communicate with who, John?
2: Charlie.
0: Son- Watt. Uh, Charlie, what? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, so, if Lizzie told you that Charlie was here and wanted to talk to you, you would say you would uh, hang up on him.
2: <laughs> oh no, no, um, no! I would, uh, no, I would definitely talk to him. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it would be interesting maybe to do it. But uh, mm. all my all my energy goes into kind yeah, sure. of. Uh, did you did you know Charlie? Y- yeah, yeah, not 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 closely, but we did. Tours, we did tour with the Stones um, oh. and we, we sort of it, met them. Yeah,
1: like back in the day, did uh, who yeah. was, was there a band that you guys were tight with, like other one of the famous
2: British invasion bands? Well, we uh, it, it was funny because you didn't you didn't really get tight with the bands then because they were all, we were all working in different places, you know. Yeah,
1: competing on the we, way for the, the hits. We,
2: yeah. we were all on the road together, but. Yeah. Um, we we worked with the Beatles a few times.
0: Did you? Okay.
2: Uh, that, you know they were fun. Uh, uh, as as much as we got to know them, they, they were good fun. Um, you know, so there's some sto- There's a story about McCartney uh, coming into our dressing room and, uh, and suggesting you played us a song. <laughs> really? It? Okay. Of oh, course, okay. <laughs> oh, let's hear it. And 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 it was uh, yesterday. But he didn't have the he didn't have the lyrics. He called it scrambled egg. You know, scrambled egg. Da, la, 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 <laughs> <da>. <laughs> and he
0: played it yeah. for you.
2: <laughs> and it, and he played it when it was a magic. You know, it was a magic moment, really. Uh, what a fantastic song!
0: You, you no,
2: know, he never heard anything quite like it, but it seemed very familiar to you. Like like he says himself, it's like very familiar, a very familiar tune. Yeah, did he, he said, want the
1: Yardbirds to play that? <laughs> did he, was he offering it up like "Here's a song for you guys"? Or mm-hmm.
2: no, I think I don't think so. I mean, I wanted uh, we, we we wanted them to write us a song, but they never did. Yeah, uh, but uh, but John gave us a, a record by um, Chuck Jackson called "The Breaking Point." Mm. It was a backerack song. Backrack, uh, yeah. He suggested we did that. And I didn't think, it, well, we, we we didn't think it was quite right for us. It was a bit too sort of slick. It wasn't a real bluesy thing.
1: Back then, Burt Bacharach, he was known later on for doing sort of, I don't know what, what you call his stuff, music. But, you know, it's funny, there's Carole King and him, they wrote some rock hits, like Carole King wrote a couple songs for the animals, Don't Bring Me Down, um, and uh backrack I think he wrote a song on our Beatles album plus the love he wrote little yeah. red book you know by the yeah. group love
2: yeah, yeah. Well, fantastic songwriter I mean but it it didn't quite suit us but the thing is the motivation was there you know he, he came in with it, he thought of us and he, it, he brought it he to
0: record in for us to do. That's nice. I mean, they wrote songs. It's amazing. The hits, you know, Peter and Gordon and Bad Finger. They wrote hit songs for so many people. And it's always wondering, why did you give that away? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I know, but they, you know, they had a lot to themselves as well, didn't they?
0: they, yeah, did they yeah, they yeah, had a lot to spare. Uh, <laughs> but do you write on your own? Do you have a, a songwriting partner currently or do you write on your own?
2: Uh, no, oh, I like to write on my own, but I'm very slow at it. I'm afraid I, I, you know, compile it over a period of weeks or whatever. But I do have a lot of ideas all the time. But I, I'm a bit lazy now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't push it too hard because, you know, there's no one, no one. Not like it's millions of people waiting for the next song.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, and do you write when you write. Do you use a, a on the piano or guitar, or you just hear it in your head and then you have a... F-
2: yeah, both, really. Yeah, but I can do both and hear it in my head, yeah. Or a rhythm, sometimes it's a rhythm. Um, you know, interesting. But yeah. I, I love it. I love to write and sing. I really love it.
0: Wow. Well, we have a few minutes, but I'm curious. You live in France, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. And is Would that for? Your- you know not to be nosy is that for tax reasons or do why did you, <laughs> did you end up in france
2: no we uh, um, my my wife lizzie and i made that decision about t- 20 years ago we and we, um, we talked to some people that lived in france uh, or that knew that knew different areas in france and uh, lots of people said to us um lots of friends said to us we'd love it in provence we'd love that mm. we'd love that you know, it's very, um it's very colorful and, and very sort of wild and it's got a particular culture. Uh, it's quite simple, but it's nice. It's very
0: nice. Trey, any last questions, Trace? So we were... No. Nope. Well, Chairman can't thank you enough for your generosity and your time. And uh, we're truly huge. Everyone says it, but we are fans from 1965. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Okay. Thank you. Thank you we were there at the beginning so um
2: yeah, yeah. i i i had a feeling you might bring up the staples high school because uh, yeah, that's where you're in that area right
0: we li- oh we lived here and we both went to staples high school at a little different times but dick sandhouse and we want to give a shout out to him because he 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 kind of gave us the rundown on your visit and uh, talked about how jimmy page stayed at his house and and he was like I don't know, 17 years old and wanted to wanted to drink some, he found some scotch in the liquor cabinet and asked if he could drink it. And his mother said, it's okay. If he, as long as he doesn't drive, you know, so.
2: <laughs> you know, all these stories about the Zeppelin and, and, um, I, I know there's a tour manager called Henry Smith. It worked for them. Oh. And uh, so many people used to say, well, what does Zeppelin do after their gigs? You know, what do they, you know, what, what hair raising things are they doing? <laughs> he said, Oh, we, oh well, uh, J- Jimmy and uh, John Paul Chance, they, they'd sit down and have a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. A picture of Jeff Beck in Dick Sandhouse's basement <laughs> drinking tea is, a, is yeah. like, <laughs> I was though? that so awesome, you know, like, and he wasn't, he's just a couple of years older than we were when, we, yeah, when, even, f- when they played there, really.
0: But there's a documentary yeah. if you ever want to hear about your own appearance there. It's called The High School That Rocked. It's on YouTube. The High School oh, That Rocked. I
2: didn't know about that. Yeah, somebody told me about that. So it's the yeah. whole
0: history of Dick Sandhouse and how he hired all these at, at the age of 15 or 16. Uh, you know, pulled it off and hired these amazing groups to play at our high school. And, um, and of course, a they- I
2: might have seen it already. Somebody maybe. told me.
0: Yeah, because there is a classic story of Stephen Tyler carrying, uh, you know, carrying the guitar for. Um... <laughs> well, he was in the halls
1: of Staples looking for Dick. Yeah, and sort of begging him, uh, the, you know, he could yeah. all the guitars around for. <laughs>
2: um... Yeah, I think that was one of
0: our more, more famous games, That one. Yeah, well, it certainly made our town famous <clears throat> and our high school yeah. famous. But...
2: The to that gets talked about more more often than others. Mm. He mentioned it, Tyler, at the
1: uh, when he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh yeah,
0: he's, he mentioned our high school. Yeah,
1: yeah he mentioned it. Uh, he mentioned that thing with him and Jimmy Page, who, like holding <laughs> his guitar case. Or something <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Which uh, we loved to hear. Mm. Well, yeah, then...
2: yeah, that was. I mean, that was interesting because that was quite unusual. What. Jimmy and Jeff, Jeff didn't play for long together. Hmm. You know, probably only six months at the very most. Oh. I think so that that was an unusual show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, your books. Well, I'll just. We should mention. Uh, yeah, you,
1: you have two books. One, she walks in yeah. beauty. Right? She, wa- she walks in beauty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Then- beauty. Uh, yeah that's from the. Lord Byron poem. Um, he walks in beauty like the night. It's a, uh, an old English poem, and I thought it suited uh, the way I, I I see my wife where she is now. You know.
0: Mm. The
2: awesome. other one, no one told me. That's more my much more my autobiography.
0: Nobody told me. Yeah, that you're um, yeah more about the music scene. Than well, thanks so much. I-
2: Thanks again. Okay. It okay.
0: was Bob a lot better.
2: of fun. Yeah. Bye.
1: Bye.